0: It is Tuesday, February 13. I'm joined by a special guest. We're going to just chat uh, punting. We, we talk a lot of punting heading into the season, but it isn't too late if you if you want to look at a punting strategy heading into your playoffs and even Roto Leagues. Uh, we're going to touch on that as well as some brief injury stuff. This is Fantasy Basketball International. This is Balls Deep. I'm going to take the guess shit you the type to observe March man on my speakers, but today's November 23rd. Cause something loud in the blunt, yeah. I don't say what I want, yeah. Probably somewhere sunny and tan. foreign women in the sun, yeah. That's all that I need, that's all that I need, that's all that I need. Come on, brothers with me, come my brothers with me, and my mama's happy. That's all that I need. Welcome to the Balls Deep Podcast, part of the Fantasy Basketball International Podcast Network. I am Adam King, your host at Adam King 91 on Twitter uh, is where you can find me at FBIBasketball on Twitter is where you can find us. Uh, as I said, just a bit of an extra episode. Um, we talk a lot of punting coming into the season. I love punting. I, I do it everywhere. But I just thought uh, in, in a couple of my leagues, I'm, I'm looking more at that strategy now heading into the playoffs. So I thought, why not get someone on and uh and talk about it? Uh lucky enough to have the host of the award winning Roto Wire <laughs> fantasy basketball podcast, Alex Barutha, on the show. Alex, I know you've been busy today, so thanks for jumping back on the show.
1: Yeah, of course. And uh little known fact, you and I actually recorded that intro music. Uh we are we are an up and coming uh hip hop duo. Uh we're bringing that back. Uh so that's right.
0: Yes. Yep. We are. Yeah. Very little, little known fact. Uh, yeah. Look, we're going to talk punting. Um. I haven't. I haven't had you on the show for a while. I don't know if I've had you on during the season. Maybe I have. Maybe once. Um. Yeah. I don't know. Lose track of time. Um, <laughs> but. Yeah. And and I mean we've had you on the show before. Obviously I've yeah. been working for you for a number of years now for RotoWire. Um. So we know each other reasonably well. Uh, we'll just touch on some injury stuff. I thought first, just it's it's relevant. Um, nothing major. Onyeka Kongwu has a toe sprain, which is going to put him out for uh, a week, two weeks. We don't know. But Clint Capella is out as well. So I guess if if both are out uh, for any sort of sustained period, it doesn't sound like it will be too long following the All Star break. But who is there anyone to grab in Atlanta here? Because it's it's Fernando, I guess but do they just go really small? Yeah, we're we're actually at a funny point in the
1: year right before the All-Star break where teams just like tell the truth about how guys hurt uh, how hurt guys are. They'll be like, yeah, he's he's yeah. out past the All-Star break, but during the rest yeah. of the season it's always like this. He's questionable, he's doubtful. And they they never tell the truth. Yeah, I think it is Fernando. Uh, he is their only true center left on the roster. He is someone who he's been in the rotation uh basically over the past week. Anyway, since Capella's been out and he's averaging one point one fantasy points per minute this season, as he did last year. So as long as he gets twenty five minutes, fire him up. And um, I think they'll, I, I think they'll deploy Jalen Johnson as well too at small yeah. ball five. I I looked at Basketball Reference to see who actually has logged minutes at center for Atlanta this season. It's the three guys we just mentioned, and then Jalen Johnson, two percent of his minutes, then A.J. Griffin, two percent uh okay. but i don't uh i don't necessarily anticipate aj griffin getting back in the rotation cuz griffin, griffin's also hurt so i don't yeah. know but yeah
0: yeah uh, yeah i man, think jalen uh, johnson's an interesting one there if they go really small um and, and play a bit more of Bogdanovich. so yeah i think it's fernando but yeah I, I mean it sounds like capella is on track to return after the all-star break um so this might just be a one game thing it's it's nothing sustained Um, another team that is dealing with multiple injuries at the moment is Miami Uh, Jimmy Butler is out until the All-Star break, Josh Richardson is out for three weeks minimum, I'm thinking Uh, Terry Rozier, we don't really have a timeline but a knee sprain week to week, I don't know I'm thinking that's probably three to four at least Um, so there's a few names here that have popped up, I've had questions, Duncan Robinson, Jaime Huck is, um Cody Martin. It is Cody, isn't it, in Miami? Caleb. I get Caleb. There you go. I got it wrong all the time. Uh, is there a priority here for you? Um, I know Robinson is playing tonight, I believe, despite the, the injury that he suffered in the last game.
1: Yeah, uh, they do play tonight. So we will get some more information about the rotation um, starting actually very soon, like right now uh but in in general I mean without without seeing what's going to happen here I would say Caleb Martin is going to be my priority ad because the Heat are basically like out of backcourt players uh with Rozier and Richardson gone and Caleb Martin's not really like a, a guard he's more of a wing but he's also more of a guard than Jaime Jaquez is yeah and at some point they just need minutes of guys back there who are like six foot four um, and I think hakez is better than Caleb Martin. I think he's better in real life. I think he's a better fantasy player, to be honest with you, even though Jaquez has been slumping a little bit or, or had a bad streak kind of recently. But I I just got to lean
0: uh, Caleb Martin here. Yeah, I picked up Jaquez tonight in a league. Um, more just – Martin was there as well. I just went hakez just because, I, I don't know, I think he has a little bit more upside – uh, we saw he had a really nice stretch of games earlier in the season when he was playing big minutes. So I don't know what he's going to do. Duncan Robinson, for me, is um, a, another guy who who has had a surprisingly good season given what we saw from him last year. Uh, but he's really just a points and threes more of a specialist than a, a pickup, I think.
1: Yeah, he he's passing a little better this year. I mean, his assist rate is maybe the highest of his career, actually. Double checking, it is, uh, but he's still not like a great passer necessarily. I mean, the ball honestly might just run a lot more through Bam Adebayo. Uh, mm. We'll we'll see how we'll see how it goes uh, tonight against uh,
0: Milwaukee. Uh, and just just coming in now, Kawhi Leonard is out with an adductor strain tomorrow. Um, seems to be a lot of players with adductor strains at the moment. Maybe that's the that's the um, trending injury. I think so. <laughs> uh, it, it, they're tricky ones too. I mean, they can be. Couple of games, there can be a couple of weeks. They're they're very hard to project and and hard to come back from. I think so. I don't know. Keep an eye on it. Kawhi's been really good and really healthy this season, uh, which always seemed too good to be true. I think in some respects, but um, hopefully this isn't a, a significant injury. But I mean, is is there a pickup here with Kawhi out in LA? Uh, with Kawhi out, I mean, it's
1: probably what I mean. You get a little bit more. I don't know. Maybe they just do something like they give Amir coffee, some more minutes. Westbrook maybe gets some more time. Norman Powell. Yeah. If Westbrook or Powell are on your waiver wire and you're in like a daily transaction leagues or something, you know, and you want to add a guy for tomorrow, even though it's tough because there are, what is this, 13, 13 games guys. tomorrow? Yeah. So it's going to be hard to squeeze a guy in.
0: Yeah, it is. It, it's this is more of a if this injury extends beyond the all-star break, then then maybe we start looking at it. But for tomorrow, chances are you're gonna have majority of your roster active. So streaming someone like that in is probably not gonna be worthwhile. Um all right, so on to the punting, the the topic that we're actually here to discuss. Um yeah, so heading into your fantasy playoffs, and, and you made up you made a good point before we we jumped on air about even in roto leagues, this can be a strategy is if you're heading into your playoffs and you've got a fairly balanced team or you're maybe punting one category, The I guess the, the concept behind doing that during the season is that you just want to get as many category wins as you can. So you want to win 7-2, 6-3, 8-1, whereas if you're punting – Two categories, three categories. It's it's a lot harder to do that. You're usually only going to win five, four, maybe six, three. So coming into the playoffs, that doesn't matter. You only need to win five, four. That's it. You don't need to win by a certain margin. So it is a time of the season when you can consider looking at what your team's strengths are. Maybe you're really good in six categories, and you're sort of average in in a seventh. So maybe it's time to punt that seventh category and, and pick up someone, trade for someone who can help you in two of those five categories or three or, or all of them um, in some situations. So I just thought we'd look at the six uh, six categories, so points, rebounds, blocks, assist steals, and threes. Uh, I've got ten names that that I've come up with. Uh, the numbers alongside for those watching along are their playoffs schedule because you brought this up in our chat as well and it was something that I completely overlooked we need to look at teams playoff schedules because you don't want to necessarily stream someone in like a Nick Richards here for example who has two games in what could be your fantasy championship week so um, something to consider as well and this is based on fantasy playoffs starting it was around first of March wasn't it week 19 I think uh, yeah, March fourth. It March look 4th. every every
1: league is different. I think the the sharper of a league you play in, the earlier your playoffs start, the earlier your league ends in general. But there, I mean, you know, we on the RoadWire uh, podcast, we get a lot of questions for people whose their league ends the final day of the NBA season, mm-hmm. like the last <laughs> playoff game of their fantasy season, is the final day of the regular season. That's really tough. So yep. this is a good like general advice. But, yeah, just obviously double-check your league as blanket advice.
0: Yeah, I wouldn't recommend allowing your league to go till that last day because, uh, as we've seen every season over the last five, seven years, it just gets weirder and weirder in that last month almost. So I would definitely recommend ending your league before April uh, if possible. So starting with punting points, um now, some of these, if I just skip through, hang on, let me just skip through. So for some of these, like punting rebounds, I've basically gone with bigs. Because obviously if you're punting rebounds, you can just stack your team with guards. That That's a yeah. way. But you've still got to fill a centre spot. You've still got to fill a power forward spot. So I've gone with bigs who benefit. Um, and then likewise in our guard stats, you could just go big, heavy, and stack your team with centers and forwards. So I've gone with players that are guard eligible um, or guard or wings who, who you can fill those guard spots with. Punting points is a little bit different because points is not necessarily tied into a a specific um, spot on the court, like position. So it's not necessarily just centers tends to be guards more than bigs. Um, So you will see there's a lot more uh, bigs here, centers and, and forwards, but I think I've put a bit of a mixture in. Um, so I've gone with Isaiah Hartenstein, Ben Simmons, Paul Reed, Alex Caruso, Josh Hart, Asar Thompson, Mike Conley, Draymond Green, Onyeko Kongwu, and Nick Richards. Any of those names there for you that sort of jump off the page or, or any that I've missed who who are good in a punt points build? Uh,
1: I will say, I mean, in terms of guys, I also sort of highlight it as, as guys I think are worth targeting for – you know specializations or punts or whatever ben simmons was somebody that was on my list alex caruso was somebody that's on my list like caruso if you also need like three and d stats specifically yep. like you need steals blocks and threes Caruso's great to target and like you he also fits your your punting points build and then ben simmons obviously phil is like the definition of like a punt point he's like a points league if you've built your category league around the concept of like only doing points, league scoring, like you're ignoring percentages, yeah, all that stuff. He's a, he's a great target. And I don't know. I mean, uh, the nets are in a position where they are, they're, they're bad. I mean, they're 21 and 31, yeah, but I don't think they're going to necessarily sit a ton of guys down the stretch. I think they're sort of in a weird middle zone. Uh, we'll, we'll see what they do though. Part of, part of my, um, part of my equation for some of the names that I came up with as well was trying to avoid veteran players on like tanking teams, you know, because I think you have to take that into account late in the season as well.
0: Yeah. And I think with a couple of these guys or a couple, maybe a couple, but Ben Simmons specifically, you can see that he does have a five week, a five game week in the first week of the playoffs. He no. won't play five games. So, Yeah, I I haven't looked at the the actual schedule, but there might even be two back to backs in there. Um, So while this is a five game week, it could actually only be a three game week for Ben Simmons.
1: Yeah, Brooklyn Brooklyn from March fourth to the end of the season has five remaining back to backs. Yeah, uh, which is the second highest. The highest is six. That's the Clippers. Not great if you have Paul George or Kawhi. By the way, I mean those guys haven't been sending back to backs, but just you know, keep it. I
0: might now, now, now that he's got this adductor injury, they might. Uh,
1: Yeah. And then Sacramento also has six back to backs, but they have 15 home games as and eight road games, So that's something to uh, maybe consider as well. If you're really digging into schedule stuff.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So just be aware of that when you are looking at, at streaming and, and playoff schedules and that sort of thing, just remember that there are certain players that don't play back to backs and probably won't for the remainder of the season. Um, probably i guess a name on here that's been talked about a lot in the last couple of weeks is Paul Reed uh, with the joel and bead injury uh he started off oh, let's say average uh, in that starting role but has picked things up over the last couple of games and and myself and, and I know quite a few other analysts were preaching just hold him just hold him because the starting role is his and he isn't a guy that's going to I think people just go, oh, he's going to do what Joe Embiid does. He's going to get me twenty points and ten rebounds, and or, but that's not Paul Reed. He, he's double-digit rebounds, really good defensive, and and efficient, and and that's what he's been doing. So we're happy to be holding him. I assume rest of season. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I it clear hold. Um,
1: one of the best fantasy point per minute guys you know he's having issues getting over 30 minutes consistently but that is what it is i mean he only needs 24 minutes technically i think to be worth a roster spot even if that i but the bigger question at this point is like do you drop joel Embiid if you if you are out of ir spots and i uh, i i danced around that question in my last podcast a little bit but it was a guy you know guy was asking he's like i have five players on ir i'm in first yeah. in my league and i have five players on ir and one of them is in and i'm like I would not advise to drop and beat for most people, but at some point, you're just going to need stats <laughs> on your team to stay in first. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It, it's a tough situation. I mean, we, we're starting to get to that point with a few guys now uh, Desmond Bain and, and Marcus Smart in Memphis. Are they going to come back? Is LaMelo coming back? Um, it's, yeah, I don't know. Just, on, I mean, do you think I spoke with Noah Rubin on the Roto World show this morning about Desmond Bain, and we had that exact question is he coming back and is he worth picking up in a standard league if he's available? I mean, I keep hearing stuff about like, he really, really wants to come
1: back. Mm. And I just, I don't know. I don't know why they would risk that. Like I, and you could say the same thing about Jaron Jackson too. It's like, some people are like, well, Jaron Jackson, is he going to get shut down this, that, and the other thing. It's like, I don't know why Memphis would take any risk whatsoever. This isn't because Memphis is not, a team that's going to be bad next year and it doesn't matter that much, Memphis is going to try to contend next year. I don't think mm. they should take any unnecessary risk with these guys. But, I mean, if he's available and you're not doing anything with your last bench spot right now, just grab him because why not? But again, if you if your bench is pretty full, I, I don't know if I would take the risk.
0: Yeah, I think now would be the time to grab him because we have got the All-Star break coming up. So you can sort of, Grab him, stash him, and hope that we get some news in the next week, week and a half. Um, either way, he's coming back, or he's going to be reevaluated in another three weeks or, or whatever. The, and if if it's that, then you go, they're probably done here. He's not going to play. Um, but if it sounds like he's back, he's with the team, he's going through practice, he's aiming to be back. Then then good, you, you've picked him up, and and he's probably a guy that can be very helpful down the stretch. Um, On Jaron Jackson, he's on this list. So I've gone, this is our punting rebounds. I've gone, as I said, forward and centre eligible players who don't necessarily rely on high rebounds to to buoy their value. Um, PJ Washington, Zion Williamson, Chet Holmgren, Kristaps Porzingis, Brook Lopez, Franz Wagner, Jalen Williams, Aaron Neesmith, Brandon Ingram and Jaron Jackson. Um, A couple of these, Jalen Williams, Aaron Neesmith, Wagner to some degree are power forward eligible, even though they, they're they not really power forwards. They they are eligible to fill that spot. Um, anyone here, I mean, Brooke Lopez is sort of the poster boy for this or poster child for this category or this punt bill, because he, he often gets four rebounds uh, as a guy that's seven foot two and yep. huge. Um, Jaron Jackson is another one who only gets you sort of six, seven rebounds. Um, Anyone else, any names that you would like to add here? Um yeah, uh, Lopez was someone on my list. Uh in
1: terms of like a three and D guy you can grab also Aaron Nismith, someone on my list who I really like for the second half of the season, especially after um Indiana traded away Buddy healed, and it doesn't look like uh it doesn't look like Rick Carlisle still trusts Ben Matherin that much. Yep. I think that only plays into Aaron Niesmith's favor. Uh punting rebounds, I think. I don't know. I mean, uh, yeah. Again, if you're not talking, if you're not talking any guards or anything, I don't know if I have necessarily anyone to add. I but I think this is a pretty comprehensive list. Um, you know, again, I mentioned my my worries about Jaron Jackson. Yeah. Uh, Porzingis has also been missing time recently, and it worries me a little bit that they could rest him down the stretch. Uh, Boston has four back to backs, March fourth and after, and I'm kind of curious you know, I'm kind of curious to see what's going on with PJ Washington just in general. Um,
0: Yeah. It's yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. He's, he's been, I mean, he's been pretty good since the trade, but it's PJ Washington. Like we, we, we've seen this from him before. Um, Yeah. And Paul Zingas is, he's out tonight with a back contusion or back something. Um, And yeah, I mean the Celtics are one team that are in a position to be able to rest guys without really missing a step. Um especially with Xavier Tillman now on their roster um scheduled to to be available after the All-Star break. It means they don't have to just rely on Horford as much at center. They they actually have a third option now which only adds to the fuel I suppose that Porzingis could be given some rest down the stretch.
1: Yeah, but that yeah that doesn't mean you should necessarily be afraid to trade for him because I think anybody who has him on their team probably is very aware. I mean, is aware that he has been sitting out games is aware that it's a potential back-to-back risk. And if you are punting rebounds and you want to forward, he's probably worth more to you than he is to the person who already has him. So like, when we talk about fantasy value, it's all relative. It's all in context of your team and your build and all that stuff. So it's, it shouldn't be too hard for you to actually grab Porzingis for a relatively, uh, a relatively small price.
0: Yeah. And, and I mean, use that to your advantage, use that injury mm-hmm. yeah. narrative to your advantage. Yeah. So um, yeah, certainly a good, uh, good move there. Punting assists. So the opposite here, I've gone guard-eligible players, so um, trying to fill those guard spots with players that don't rely on assists. Keegan Murray, Aaron Neesmith, again, he's one of those players that's eligible both guard and forward. Uh, Sadiq Bay, Kawhi Leonard, Dante DiVincenzo, Bogdan, Bogdanovich, Alex Caruso, who you mentioned before, uh, Grayson Allen, D'Anthony Melton and Devin Vassell. Uh, the DiVincenzo injury, In uh, last night's game, it's a hamstring. Uh, It's it's well, arguably as a result of of, uh, Tibbs playing him (laughs) forty minutes a night for the last month. Um, Yeah, are we? uh, Does this concern you? This injury, just and just, I guess the injuries that are happening in New York is this a a Tibbs playing them too too many minutes thing, or just purely bad luck? Certainly possible.
1: Uh, Hamstrings. Uh, as anybody who, you know, I, I also listen to like Josh Lloyd's podcast. I, I try to bring it up as much as I can to hamstring injuries. Players always come back too soon. They always, or they range it a lot. You get the Tyrese Halliburton situation. Yeah. Uh, I can't believe he's listed as questionable for tomorrow's game. Crazy <laughs> to me. Just, he shouldn't play. Uh, the, the good news is that he had the all-star break is coming up. So Tibbs can't play him.
0: Yeah. Uh, there are yep. no games,
1: but yeah, I mean, if he sits out the first week after the all-star break. That would also not surprise me. We just don't, we just don't have enough information right now.
0: No, and, and I've had questions with if he does miss, who's the ad? Is it um, McBride? Is it Burks? Is it Bogdanovich? For me, it's probably Burks. Uh, I think, but and and it's a bit worrying. I think Boyan was seen as a someone we probably hold on to following the trade and just wait till they get their players back. But he's only playing minutes in the low twenties despite the fact they've got half their team on the sideline. So is that a sort of a worrying sign for you that once they're healthy, he may not play a big role at all? Yes. Um definitely a concern. I think it's
1: possible. Well I don't think he's gonna start. So I think he's gonna come yeah. off the bench and we know Tibbs loves his starters so much. <laughs> so I think you know any, I mean any anywhere to me like 20 minutes minimum but it would be hard for me to imagine him getting significantly more than 30. I think part of the concern ultimately just has to be volume of shots and maybe even assists. I mean, he has one assist in two games. He's, I don't think he's going to be asked to handle the ball that much. Um, I don't know. if I wouldn't drop him yet just because they are still so injured, but definitely watch it. Just keep it on your radar.
0: We had a few questions this morning regarding DeAnthony Melton. So with Buddy healed there, now um, and with Kyle Lowry there, uh, uh, people are sort of saying, well, is Melton worth holding? Uh, He's ruled out again uh, for tomorrow, tonight, whenever they play next um, with this ongoing injury. Is he someone that you're holding? You think he can still be top 100, top 90, or are those additions going to cut into his value enough that he's more of just a stream guy? I am fine to hold
1: him. If you are in a position of strength in your league, like if you're top three, I've completely fine. Go ahead and hold him. Uh, if you are scraping and clawing to get to the playoffs, I think you have to drop him. Uh, assuming your IR is filled up, obviously. Um, yeah. But you know, this season in 29 minutes per game, he ranks 87th, which is very good. Eight cat per game. But yeah, I mean, he's he's right now he's dealing with a lumbar spine stress response. Right. Uh, that sounds horrible. <laughs> uh, so I wouldn't be surprised if he's playing like, yeah, like 24 minutes kind of for the rest of the season, uh, especially with healed there. I don't know what Lowry's playing time is going to be. I mean, it's possible he plays like 14 minutes a game and then sits out back yeah. to back, stuff like that. But yeah, I think it depends on your position in the standings.
0: Yeah, I'm not too worried about Lowry. Um, as you said, I don't, his body can't handle more than 20 minutes. Um, yeah. There's a chance he closes some games, but he's not going to play starters' minutes at all. So, um, yeah, I'd be holding Melton and let's just see. But as you said, that injury doesn't—it doesn't sound good, um, and it sounds like it because there, there have been times in the last couple of weeks where it's, oh no, he's very close, and then he's ruled out again for another week. So. Yeah, it's back injuries are, are tricky as we're seeing with um Mark Williams in, in Charlotte, who I mean part of that is Charlotte. It's it's yes, not necessarily Mark Williams, but uh so punting blocks again, we're looking at forward and center eligible players. Some pretty obvious ones here. So big guys that don't block shots is who you're looking for. Lowry and Pascal Siakam, Franz Wagner, Demontis Sabonis, Kelly Alinick. Nikola Jokic, Carl Anthony Towns, Zion Williamson, Alper and Shingun, and Nikola Vucevic. So a lot of elite guys here, like Jokic, Shingun, Towns, Sabonis, they're all top 30 players um, who you could trade for give up someone in that same range, but but it actually bumps them up to be a first-round player, top 15 player, something like that. So, um, yeah, any names here that... Sort of warrant discussion or any other players that you've got on your list?
1: Yeah, I will say, um, you know, you have Sabongas' playoff schedule there four three four. 3 4. Sacramento is one of three teams with the maxed out 23 games from March 4th till the end of the season. They also have the most home games, 15 during that mm-hmm. stretch. So I think Sabongas, I mean, Sabongas has been amazing all year, but he could really close out strong to end, to end the year. <laughs> I, I, I'll, uh, I'll turn to Vucevic here. Vucevic is a guy I have on my list because I think there may be a league manager who has Vucevic on their team who thinks the Bulls might tank or that he'll get rested or something down the stretch, which I absolutely just I don't believe that's going to be the case. They're the ninth seed right now. They are uh, two losses up on Atlanta for the 10. And... um you know, Brooklyn's 21 and 31 trending in the wrong direction as well. I think, I think Chicago's almost locked into the play in. And I think that's where they want to be. So if someone wants to sell low on Vucevic because they're scared, I'm
0: buying. Yeah. And he's, I mean, quietly, he's been, he's been pretty good this year. I think he sort of, um, I think he he's getting a bit older, but he, he constantly gets overlooked in, in drafts and people go, well, this is the year that he falls off or this is the year. But he's, he's top 40. Basically top forty in nine category leagues this year. Um averages a double double, close to a block again, but that as we see from this list, we're not relying on him for blocks. Um so yeah, I think if you if you could offer a like a top forty player punting blocks, he probably goes up to be more of a, a top thirty, top twenty-five player. So um, yeah, some sneaky value to be found, I think, in, in any of these strategies. Yeah, Vucevic is.
1: Uh, oh, sorry, Vucevic. I was just—he's yeah. funny. I just—I'm I, someone who's just like, no, he's gonna get hurt eventually, <laughs> and he just keeps not getting hurt. I. But the more I watch him, he plays basketball like he's, you know, like if you're, if you're at the gym and you're weightlifting and you're like locked into the machine, you can you like can't hurt yourself. I feel like that's how he plays basketball. He does the same motions. He's yeah. completely locked in. It's
0: like he's like in the zone. He just he does nothing that his body doesn't expect to happen. Yeah, he knows himself very well. He knows what he needs to do. He, he plods along um, a little bit like a Nikola Jokic. He, he yeah. just he knows his limitations. Um, looks after himself. Doesn't jump a lot. <laughs> That's why he doesn't get blocks. Um, so yeah, no, he he just keeps plugging away and and, and remaining healthy. I think he he did miss a, a few games there this year yeah. um, where where Drummond stepped in, but it wasn't a significant amount of time. Um, punting steals. So we're looking at these are your guards who uh, who just don't really play defense or ch- choose to focus more on the offensive end of the floor. Uh, Anthony Simons, Malik Monk, Emmanuel Quickly, Kobe White, Colin Sexton, Jamal Murray, Drew Holiday, shockingly Drew Holiday, Jalen Brunson, Tyrese Maxey, and and Tyler Hero. Um, I mean, these are all pre- pretty obvious guys. They 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 score a lot. They get some assists. Holiday is obviously the weird one here because he's been known for his defensive numbers in the past, but this year he's only averaging about 0.7 or 0.8 steals or something. I think it's a career low. Um, why, like, why is that? Cause I mean, he's playing a significant role. He's still having an impact on the defensive end. He's definitely there much better when he's out there on the floor, but he's just not getting those steel numbers.
1: Yeah, I think they're just uh they're not asking him to be as aggressive. They also have Derek White back there. He doesn't have yeah. to try as hard to completely disrupt um what the other team is doing. Age also plays a factor to some extent, but I he's his blocks are actually up. So, mm. I think it's just a little bit of a uh stylistic difference for uh for Drew and because for the Bucs, the Bucks this is this is really like deep in the minutia. But the Bucks force like no turnovers. Like the when when uh, Bud was the coach that played the drop coverage, they were very like, nobody gamble, nobody do anything crazy on defense, yeah. but they kind of just let Drew Holiday do his thing. They're like, you are going to be the lone person who makes weird stuff happen defensively so we can get on the break. And I, they don't need him to do that in Boston.
0: No, and, and I think we've seen the, well, I mean, they're, they're adjusting, but the beginning of the season when Damian Lillard stepped into that role in in Milwaukee, into that, that guard role that, we saw the difference on defects, the, the just the impact that um, Drew was having. So, And we've seen the impact that he's having in Boston this year. Um, now, Simon's here. Portland have a 4-4-4 schedule. I think they're the only team potentially that have that 4-4-4 um, playoff schedule. But keep in mind, this is Portland, and we're already seeing them starting to rest, guys, starting to – they're out with soreness. Simon's himself has missed the last two games, I think, with an ankle. He's probable tonight, um, unless he's been ruled in. Um, so four 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 doesn't necessarily mean four 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 in this instance.
1: It it's a hard read. Simon's was someone that I I think it's a risk reward play. Mm. If you just if you're if you're at risk of not making the playoffs and you kind of need a miracle. I love I love the Hail Mary and just hoping that he plays down the stretch and they sit other guys. Like you just got to hope they sit Jeremy Grant and Malcolm Brogdon stays out and they they just completely let Simons do his own thing uh because Portland is another team who has 23 games um from March 4th to the end of the season. So r- complete risk reward play. If I'm in first, second or third, I'm just I, I don't want to
0: bother with the potential downside. Uh, and just one other guy, just talk about him because I've got him on a few teams. He's been really good. Kobe White this season. Oh, yeah. um, obviously, no Zach Levine has helped. But do you think the Bulls, like they view him now that he is their guy there um, at the guard position? Basically, is what he's been doing this year sustainable looking forward or, or is this going to be an outlier season?
1: I, I think it's fairly sustainable. I just, first of all, 41 games straight with double-digit scoring for, Co, for Kobe White. Mm. Incredible run for him. Yeah. I think it's fairly sustainable. I've liked Kobe White for a while. I thought he was underutilized. Um, but you look at, I mean, just take away this season. The prior two seasons, he was a, a 38% three-point shooter. He's, thir- he's shooting 39 percent this year. I mean, his efficiency is basically the same as it has been in prior years. He's just getting more volume, which is a rare combination. Most guys do not increase their volume and keep their efficiency the same, but that's what justifies uh, kind of a breakout. So, i I think it's fairly sustainable for him moving forward. He was a, he was a seventh overall pick. He has yeah. the pedigree, so I I think um, next year, you know, um, he's got to be a top seventy. 70- pick next year people probably draft him way sooner than that but that's where he ranks this
0: year I think he goes higher people tend to gravitate towards those higher point scorers so a guy that's going to get you 23 24 points a game will will generally bump up a little bit but yeah look I think coming into the season we were relatively high like we were we were preaching taking with your last pick or your second last pick because we think he's going to have a bigger role he ended last season on a positive note um, after sort of stumbling through the regular season with ups and downs, and his minutes were down and then up, he he finished the season quite strongly. So there were there were indications, but I, I think for I mean for me, he's been better than I thought he would be. And and the Levine injury is probably a blessing in disguise. Um, for, well, maybe not even in disguise, just a blessing. <laughs> uh, all right, and on to punting threes. So again, not not position specific because the NBA is becoming more and more, um, uh, I guess, general in terms of who hits threes. It's everyone. Everyone needs to hit threes nowadays. Um, but there's going to be more guards on this list because you still do expect your guards to be your high-volume three-point uh, shooters. Um, but I have included some forwards as well, obviously, who who get a pretty big bump from, from not hitting threes. Notably, Ben Simmons, Giannis, and Zion. Uh, but I've also got Shea in there. Not a high point, not a high three-point volume uh, scorer. He he gets to the basket. That's why his free throws are, are so high. Um, Asar Thompson, Trey Jones, Jalen Johnson, DeMar DeRozan, Jimmy Butler, and, and Brandon Ingram. Um, look, I think Simmons, Giannis, and Zion are all pretty obvious. Um, they don't hit threes. I still remember. Do you remember Zion's first game that he played, where he hit? Oh, he four hit four of four from, the, and, and everyone's like, "Oh, he can yeah. shoot threes. And yeah, yeah, he, he, I don't think he's, he probably hasn't hit four in a game since then. I wouldn't think.
1: That's a that's a that's a good trivia question. I can I can find that out quickly as I uh, let's see here. Season high? No, the most he's hit in a game since then is two.
0: Okay, uh, not so even close.
1: Yeah, not even not even close. And actually. This year, he's hit one, is this season high? Um, Yeah. Yeah. I, I, hard not to endorse everybody on this list. I I mean, you know, we talked about Ben Simmons a little bit before. Everyone knows the inherent risk with that. It's, you almost don't even have to talk about it anymore. Um, You know, Asar, I think if there's just like a name, a buzz name on this list, I think it's him. Uh, Detroit, we still haven't seen like their post deadline rotation in its entirety. Uh, Because Isaiah Stewart's been out, and Quentin Grimes has also not played yet. Mm -hmm. So, you know, Asar has started three straight games. He's played at least 26 minutes in four straight games. And he's played really well, 27 fantasy points during that stretch. Ultimately, I just want to bank on his talent and just think there's no way Monty Williams can do what he did earlier in the season and play him like 10 minutes. Um, But maybe there's, you might have to wait for like a buy low opportunity on him. Maybe that's that's kind of the move because I think if a manager yeah. has held him this long or grabbed them, they're like, I can't give him up now. But if he has a stretch where he
0: scores in single digits for like four straight games, maybe that's when you strike. Uh yeah, and and then a few other names here. I mean, some of them like Jimmy Butler, I wouldn't touch him anyway. I've put him on the list, but I wouldn't be trading for him because yeah. we, we just I'm not confident he plays down the stretch um regularly anyway. Um, but one one guy, Jalen Johnson, who let's say arguably the breakout player of this season. Uh, he's right. He's in the discussion if, if he's not the winner. Um, where do you view him, I guess, long-term? Because he, I mean, surprisingly, it only took Atlanta one game to figure out that he should be starting this season. He came <laughs> off the bench and with, by game two, he was starting. Um, so I think they view him as a key piece for what they want to do moving forward. He's a top 40 player this season i want to say 44
1: and eight cap per game
0: yep uh top 40 and nine cat so is this his floor now i guess if we're if we're projecting into next season is he someone that's going to be taken in the third round
1: uh yeah i think so i and part part of what the uh, part of the equation here too is how i mean look atlanta kind of fumbled trading john collins Right. But the fact that they were willing to give up John Collins for virtually nothing Mm. tells you what they thought of Jalen Johnson. Um, And that's been completely borne out. He's been excellent all season, all season long. He's been good. It's not like he's been hot for a little bit of stretch Been the entire year. Um, And he showed us a little bit in the playoffs last year, too, which is kind of where I started getting more interested. So, yeah, I think next year he'll be drafted certainly inside the top 45, probably more so the top 35.
0: Yeah, uh, and, and an interesting... We I think we did this on one of my shows when we did our hypothetical fantasy trades. Jalen Williams or Jalen Johnson next year? Jalen Williams or Jalen Johnson next year? Um,
1: probably Jalen Johnson yeah. for fantasy, yeah. I mean, because... I mean, who knows what's going to happen with Atlanta? I actually think it helps that Atlanta has more turmoil. You what know, yeah. if Trey gets her uh, moved uh, Dejounte Murray actually gets traded this time. And, and Jalen Johnson helps do the rebuild. Um, but I, it'll be close. I, I couldn't blame mm. anybody for
0: taking one or the other, to be honest. Yeah. They're very close. Even this year, they're very close. They're within about half a round of each other. So um, there's one question. I'm going to pop it up here just cause it's there. Um, sure. Hey, T. Hey, what's up team? Uh, Grant Williams. Is he an ad in 14 team leagues? Um, He's had a couple of good games. Uh, obviously, being in Charlotte, um, he's pretty much free to do whatever he wants uh, at the moment. Do we think that this is sustainable? I mean, it's hard because we don't know if Lamelo is coming back ever. Um, right. Is he worth just picking up now to see what he can do or, or have we seen enough from him in the last three years to think that this is just a, a mirage and something that's not sustainable?
1: I think if you're in a 14 team league, I am 100% okay picking them up just to see what happens. I'm not a Grant Williams believer. I don't think you have to do this in a 12 teamer. Just don't drop anybody established that you are pretty sure is like should be on a roster. You know, don't do anything drastic. But if, yeah, last guy on your bench, yeah, drop him, pick up Grant Williams. Sure. Why not?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'm okay. And and I mean, heading into this end of the season, you want to free up streaming spots anyway. So yep. having having him in there and give him a couple of games. And then if, if it all falls apart, you drop him and you you pick someone else up. Um, I'm going to let you go. Uh, it's late at night for you. I know you came straight from the office. So I don't know if you might not have even eaten yet. So you might have to have... Ah, uh, some food to get you through the rest of the night. Watch some basketball. Um, what's What's Ro I mean, I know you guys have your all your regular shows uh, over on RotoWire, Wire, but I mean, mm-hmm. for those that maybe maybe watch my show and don't watch yours or listen to yours, what what uh, what's on the schedule for RotoWire? Wire?
1: Yeah, uh, Roto Wire Fantasy Basketball Podcast. You can find us on YouTube, Spotify, wherever you find podcasts. I'm on on Mondays with Nick Whalen. I'm on on Fridays with Shannon McEwen and Ken we do a waiver wire friday show mondays more of just like a we answer fan questions and just like general what's going on in the nba if you have sirius xm radio maybe you got a free with your ford focus or whatever car you drive um uh sirius xm nba channel 86 nick whaling and i do a monday through friday 6 to 6 30 uh central time so that's 7 to 7 30 eastern tip off betting preview kind of show uh and then i come out with a sort of grab bag whatever i feel like writing article on wednesdays on Wire. yeah so plenty going on we
0: can't we actually can't get serious over here serious exam um, in australia because i looked because i thought that would be a cool show to listen to before tip off but not possible which is sadly that's the case with a few betting things and yeah lots yeah. of things Australia's not not uh, on board with some of that so it's a shame um mm-hmm. i will let you go that will do it then for today's show remember uh, check out all of our content over at fbibasketball.com. Uh Follow me on Twitter uh, at Adam King ninety one. Follow Alex at Barutha Alex. You changed your Twitter handle, yeah?
1: I did. Yeah, I, I wanted to make it less of a uh, less of a mouthful.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I thought. I remember I was searching, going, but well, that where, where's he gone? Because it had NBA in it. You're Alex yeah. NBA Ruther or something, yeah. Um, Yeah, check us out, uh, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. uh, We're on Twitter, obviously. We're on YouTube. Give us a thumbs up and subscribe. It would be great. Until next time, catch up.
1: You just listened to another episode from the Fantasy Basketball International Podcast Network. Thanks for joining us. And for more information about joining
0: our community, please check out our website at fbibasketball.com.